With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast. Your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into another Auburn Live show, the modcast version. Man, how was everybody's Thanksgiving? Did everybody eat way too much? I, I, I know I did. Yep, not done yet either. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was front heavy yesterday. <laughs> what, uh, what, what day is this, Justin? Today is Friday. Okay. Are we, I mean, yeah. are, are we publishing this? Yeah, we're going to put it up immediately. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I was like, yeah, let's just go ahead and throw it up. Yeah. No, I, yeah, we'll I put completely it up like later this afternoon. I tell you, man, I ate, I, I, it was, I was unhealthy yesterday. <laughs> I, it was, I had, you know, we went to Jessica's families and ate too much. And then I came to my mom and dad's and ate too much. So, Yeah. Be in the bathroom a couple of times today. <laughs> yeah, we got like fourteen different Thanksgivings, so mm-hmm. still got like two more to go. Trying to make. Oh, golly! No, it's like a bar crawl, but for Thanksgiving over there. <laughs> I've done worse things. I have definitely done worse things. <laughs> so, what's the uh, the hot the hot topic? Is always what's like your favorite or worst or most controversial. Thing, you know, you you make for Thanksgiving. Well, I've got, I've got everybody's two. got opinions. Okay, so Jessica's family is from Louisiana, so that we have a lot of Cajun stuff over there, and it's yeah, I, I love Cajun. So her aunt cooks this uh, merleton, uh, merleton, and it's it to me it's like shrimp dressing. I love dressing. Dressing is my favorite. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's got kind of a Cajun feel to it. It's fantastic. And then of course I, I even tweeted about it on Thursday. The pear salad. For us, that's a delicacy, man. What, yeah, what is that? I'm, I don't. Are I've you serious? Pear right, well, <laughs> you never heard of pear salad? Justin's from, I've never he's heard. from over the mountain, dude. He ain't, he ain't southern. <laughs> I don't really like pear salad, but I'm very much aware of it. So when we grew up, um, we would have it on like special Sundays. I mean, Sunday dinner, we'd have we'd have pear salad. Pear salad is a half a half a pear with a glob of mayonnaise, some sprinkles, some uh, some cheese on top. With a cherry, so that's kind of uh, it, to me, it, and it's, it might be more of a novelty for some, but it's good, man. If you'll try, it. and and don't get me wrong, if I had never tried it before, and you put this recipe in front of me, I said, hell no, yeah, no, hell no, not really a fan myself. But I, it's, I it's it brings some color to something like that. Is like the pineapple and cheese casserole. I'm all about that. I don't know if y'all have that or not. You probably like pineapple on your pizza, don't you, Cole? Absolutely. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Uh, where's the end oh, bu- no. in in meat button on here? <laughs> just you know, we just got advanced, you know, uh taste of Oh yeah. <laughs> you got that highbrow. You got that highbrow palate, Cole. 
yeah, yeah, that's right. I think we're really I don't, I don't know. Like we do dressing. I'm big on. I like cranberry sauce, but I, that's a lot of people seem to not like that. No. I like that. But we no. do corn souffle, turkey, you know, uh, green bean casserole, rolls. I mean, it's pretty straight down the line, I think. But I hear you. I'm, I'm with you. Dressing. If I had to pick one, it'd be tough to do away with dressing and in in gravy or whatever you put on it that that's good that's that that's give a gravy yeah give a gravy yeah i tell you what yeah. the last thing i uh so yesterday you know, i told you her family's kind of you got some cajun roots her brother-in-law deep fried uh, a turkey but they had brined it with uh like a whole bottle of tony's oh yeah so i had this cajun brine all over it it was so good i'm all for that oh man hmm that's awesome. Y'all might have to leave me alone for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, like we said. Uh, but we got to talk about this game, the Iron Bowl. It's it's going to happen whether we like it or not. I got to cover it. Um, I know some people would would probably. I know some people that are just like, I'm not watching it. And if if it goes Auburn's way, awesome. Um, but but they don't want to put themselves through what might happen. Um, three touchdown favorite for Alabama. We know what I think what Auburn's up against in this game, Jeffrey. What what what's your feeling? I mean, is there anything that that keeps Auburn in this game late third quarter? Yeah, the crowd. I, I think that's about the only thing Auburn's got working for it. Now, what's disappointing to me is that you know two weeks ago with three minutes left to go in the first half against Mississippi State, I'm going, damn, but was we gonna have us an Iron Bowl on our hands this year, right? You know, it's it's 28 to 3, and I'm going, man, you know, this is what I thought we might see from Harson and the staff and these players and Bo Nix coming around. The receipt, everybody was playing so well. And I'm going, we got us an iron bowl on our hands this year. And and then, you know, it happened. The letdown happened. And then Bo gets hurt at the end. And then, you know, Auburn goes to South Carolina last week and TJ finds a way i mean he wasn't he wasn't great in the first half he, he was very pretty much off uh but tank was running the ball hard the line was opening holes and it's 14 to nothing you're going okay well maybe this i mean i still didn't expect auburn to win i thought auburn could win against mississippi when i'm watching them against mississippi state in the second quarter i'm going hey auburn's got a shot here in the iron ball yeah and then by the end of the game i'm going nope and then you know south carolina and even today i'm going just keep it respectful you know, don't give us another Georgia from last year. Um, so I th- that's kind of best case scenario, in my opinion, is, is keeping it respectable. And thirty-eight to seventeen, something like that. You know, as as long as there is a competitive game. You know, if it's thirty-one to seventeen and Auburn turns it over there at the end while they're trying to score, and Alabama adds one late, something like that to cover. Yeah. But what I think for think, recruiting, uh, pur- think? recruiting purposes. Keep it respectable. Keep the crowd in the game. Show these guys what, what, what the potential, the the ceiling of this program. Uh, when I say these guys, the recruits, and yeah. and you walk away with a win. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's true. And you're right, Cole. There's two. And Jeffrey's right. There's, there's, you know, there are two ways to look at this game. Like there are no moral victories, but recruiting is a thing, and right. and they look at prospects look at games differently. So there are two ways to look at it, both win loss and then crowd energy environments, 
you know, things that recruits would like. So there are two ways to look at it. And I would say at this point in the season, that's probably six, at six and five. It's probably just as important, um, maybe more important. I mean, if you had to choose between Auburn wins the game or, you know, and has like, let's say a pretty good impact on recruits or Auburn loses, but the crowd's amazing. And for some reason, you have an amazing impact on recruits. You probably take the impact on the recruits first year with Harson six and five. It's probably more important right now. Yeah, I think so too, especially with so many guys coming. I mean, the Georgia game was ridiculous this year, but this this one this one might be even more ridiculous than that, just from what we're looking at in the visitor list that we keep piling on there. But uh, as far as Auburn's chances in the game, I mean, you know, Jeffrey was just saying in the Mississippi State game they went up twenty twenty eight three or whatever it was, so. Of course, they had Bo then, so that's a little that's a different thing. That's something that you know you would obviously feel better. I think most people would feel better if Bo was involved. Um, yeah, but they do have the capability to do that, and they had Kobe Hudson in that game. They didn't have them have him in the last game, and I think he is a, he is when you're talking about um, throwing 32 passes in a game where you shouldn't have, in my opinion, against South Carolina. Uh, and Kobe Hudson's not receiving any of those, you know, that's that's not a great formula to win, if you ask me. Uh, now you got Kobe Hudson back in the mix. I think he's coming back, right? Is he He's going to be back. Maybe. Soon. I mean, you know, even if he is, what's he look like? I mean, he got busted up pretty good in that Mississippi State game. So gotcha. what, is, he, is, he, is he good to go? Is he his old self or is he, you know? I don't know what version of Kobe you're going to get, even if he does play. I think he did non-contact on Tuesday, according to TJ Finley, which I appreciated TJ Finley for giving us injury news. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think he did a non-contact on Tuesday. So, and that's really their best practice. So, I mean, if he plays, he hadn't really gone through contact in two weeks. Well, here's my point. If he is back, whether he is or not, 32 passes is 32 times you didn't have a chance to let Bigsby, uh, you know, break one, in my opinion. So, if you're going to throw that many throws, you want your playmaker in the game, and that's Kobe Hudson. Um, other than that, there's no really no excuse to throw that many times, and I don't think they need to do that against Alabama. I think they need to run the ball. I don't think it needs to be quite as balanced. I think they need to run the ball more because that's the best chance to win, in my opinion. If you're, if you're, uh, you know, if you're worried about trying to win this game or you're worried about trying to keep it close or whatever obviously they're trying to win so why would you throw the ball so many times with a quarterback you're you're not quite sure of yet and a receiving group that struggled all year long that's that was my biggest question and i i really don't foresee it changing this week i think they will probably get behind the eight ball early against alabama like everybody does and start throwing it uncharacteristically that's just kind of what people that'd be do. worst case scenario man wouldn't it i mean that would be worst case scenario well, you look at Bama to go up fourteen nothing after one. Well, you look at all the teams that have stayed close with Bama this year, and A and M beat them. You have A and M, Arkansas, Florida, right? Those were the closest ones. LSU, LSU was also. Did close. Tennessee hang in there with them? What was the score for, of the Alabama Tennessee game? It, it, it got for a while, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So the point, most of those, I don't know if if LSU did it as much, but the other three, they never abandoned the run game, and that's what they were doing well in that game and they stayed with it with it even when they got down right yeah most people get down against bama and go all right well 
you know, we got to catch back up here. Let's start throwing it. Let's start doing things that we don't actually do, you know. And if Auburn does that, they're not going to win this game. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, yeah, that's – it's if, if they get in a situation early where they're down and two touchdowns, oh, um, that's bad, bad, bad. Because Finley's just not there. He, he's not – no. He's not an accurate enough passer. He, he's he's not going to – he doesn't have the legs that Bo does in terms of being able to make plays that way. That would be – that would be worst case um, – that would be worst case scenario. I, I don't know, man. I think – I think like Jeffrey said, the crowd's probably – probably the best chance Auburn has to keep it close. It's yeah. similar to the Georgia game. When you're at home against a team – a big underdog, you just got to get it late and then and then see what happens. So that's the goal for Auburn is just to – be mid third quarter and have that game feel like it's still in reach. Yes, and then see if something happens at that right. point. That's the thing, man. The crowd turnover, stay pick in six, it. fumble recovery yeah. for a touchdown, something uh, to, to to keep it tight. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and I mean they they had I mean they had their opportunities against Georgia. They just dropped so many passes. If oh, they yeah. catch balls, that that game is is in reach. Start of the fourth quarter if they catch passes. Um, but that was obviously with Bo Nix. Um, yeah, that's the problem, man. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's what it got. If Bo Nix is playing tomorrow and he's healthy, then I, I feel like Auburn, some of that Iron Bowl magic is actually possible. Oh, throw out the this game. Bullshit. The, the, the favored team usually wins this football game. Um, yeah. you know, crazy things happen. But I think Bo Nix not being on uh, in the huddle tomorrow it eliminates any of that Iron Bowl magic from happening. Now you just want to keep it respectful. And for long term, the future of this program, knowing that, now you're looking at, like we said earlier, the most important thing is is getting some of this talent out of the stands and onto the sidelines come signing day. That's the most important thing for Auburn. And, man, they've got some dudes coming. So just keep it respectable in the third quarter. Maybe you've got a two two touchdown, you know, difference, and maybe Alabama adds one late to to kind of cover the spread. But you walk away going, all right, you know, with a backup quarterback. And let me go back to you, Justin. We're talking about Kobe Hudson. Did, was his breakout game against Mississippi State? Like nobody right. was missing. Yeah, for, well, before then. yeah. I, I even remember, I think the week before Mississippi State, who, who did Auburn play? And I, Kobe had a couple of drops. And I remember saying on the show, yeah. if you can't catch the football, you can't play for me. Yeah, A&M. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. Okay. And then and then two weeks later, everybody's going, oh, my God, Kobe Hudson's out. What's Auburn going to do? And I'm going, yeah. what the yeah. – you know, what happened? Yeah, yeah, that Mississippi State game, he balled out. Um, he had a one-handed touchdown catch. That's the game right. afterwards that Mike, Mike Leach goes, hey, I don't know who number five is over there, but I want to meet go. him. Um and yeah, he's been, he's been. They've all been inconsistent. He's been the 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 best receiver in terms of potential big play. You know, he he he's got some skills that Shed doesn't have. He's got some skills that Demetrius Robertson doesn't have. Now Javaris Johnson coming along is certainly welcomed. Um, he's got speed and he can make things happen. He's gonna. He's a guy that needs to get targets in the Alabama game. I mean, you know, you're going to need some big plays. He better get targets. You better take chances with him um, as much as anybody. I don't care if it's the same play, whatever. I don't care if it's crossing routes the way it was with Ryan Davis four years ago. You, you better get him the ball and let him run at, at times because he might be one of your better opportunities to make big plays in the passing game. Yep. Totally I, was, agree I, with that. I think uh, I was 
surprised, disappointed, whatever. Last week when he didn't get, I think he got maybe one or two targets last week. Was that right? No, he got very few. Yeah, he got according to the stats, he got seven targets. Whoa, he just, shit! He caught three of them, so that's probably why you. I don't. I think like at least three or four of those targets were not even in his range to catch. Right. The ball. Okay. Well, you know, it seems like yeah. at least once a game he's running free, uh, deep. Yeah. And yeah. Bo hit him, of course, hit him once against Mississippi State, was it not? Early in the game, I think they had a play action pat. Was it he hit what, him was a few times? A few yeah. times. Yeah. When Arkansas, you know, Arkansas, he hit him that first. There you go. First I think that's that's who I'm thinking of. That's had him who, running yeah. wide open against Texas A&M and overthrew it. Right. As well. Yeah, Auburn's about 10% on those deep throws. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's something TJ can do a little better, but uh, – I, I don't have a problem. I, I would I would take a shot deep once a quarter at least against Alabama. Yeah. And they did that. It actually, you know, it, it seemed to me with Finley in the game, they had more I, – I, I haven't notated in the real-time analysis on when they took their deep shots. And I think there was four, three or four, somewhere in there, which is more than they usually give Bo. And I'm just talking straight up, hey, we're going deep. Take off. This is uh, this is the plan. This not hey make your reads and then go for the best option. It was hey we're going to go deep and see if we can take the top off here. Right. And they tried that with Johnson. They tried it with Shed Jackson. It just never connected. But they tried it. So maybe they just trust the arm strength of Finley a little bit more. Yeah. He's either going to hit it or he's going to overthrow it. So <laughs> he's not going to underthrow it. Cam looks like I mean not Cam. Finley looks like it's wild. I'm making this comparison. I'm not promise. I'm not being lazy with this comparison. It just, it just, to me, it looks like him. Uh, he looks like Cam throwing the football. Like, like when Cam was a rookie in the NFL or something. That's kind of what Finley looks like. It just arm strength's there. He kind of flings it. Um, sometimes it's a rocket. <laughs> you know, like um, he's just got to dial it in. He's just really, I think, really raw in a couple ways. All right, here's a couple of intro of points. I want to, I want to get to y'all's thoughts on one. Alabama gives up 220 yards passing a game. That's seventh in the league. Yep. That's a bummer that they don't have Bo Nix there and Kobe Hudson fresh to potentially take advantage of that. But, you know, they've been better against the pass. Um, and so I, I wonder about can Auburn, even with TJ Finley, can they can they take advantage of that? And then the other thing is the tight ends. They caught no passes against Carolina. Shanker was targeted once, overthrown. Fromm dropped a ball. But really nothing nothing happened there. Are teams figuring out the tight end, or was that a game where they just it just did it just didn't happen? For whatever reason, they didn't call the plays. Because that that's if you don't have Kobe Hudson, you probably better get Shanker or Fromm or Deal or somebody back involved in the middle of the field, right? Those two things, tight ends and then Alabama giving up some passing yards. Is there any hope to add those things to the repertoire where Auburn can move the football? Yeah, I think uh, I think on the on the secondary for Alabama, and, and this is not supposed to make you feel better if you're an Auburn fan, but Auburn's not the only ones that are having missed assignments in the secondary. Alabama's having missed assignments as well. It's very strange to see that happen because they ha they usually have the best secondary in the country. I mean, every year, and they have the talent this year, and I think Auburn has pretty good talent too. It's just. You know, I don't know. Maybe this, this, the assignments are not meshing with what they got, and and I'm not sure. I, I don't have an explanation for it, but they are doing the same thing, and there's some opportunities there. 
in the passing game for Auburn if they can just connect, if they can make the catches, if they can execute some of these schemes that Mike Bobo has, which I've criticized some of Mike Bobo's play calls, but I don't have a problem with his passing offense. I think it's pretty good. I think it's he's got some good schemes and all that going on. I just don't like the timing sometimes. Yeah, I don't like that we have to stay balanced all the time. Sometimes it, you don't have to be balanced. It's not always the most important thing to be balanced. If you're running the football, then run the ball more. You know, if you're moving the ball that way. And then on the tight ends, just for me, kind of what I'm thinking on that is a lot of those plays where they hit tight ends were on play-action rollouts or sprint-out type deals. And I don't think they're going to give Finley anything like that. I just don't think he's better on the move than he is standing in the pocket throwing the football. So that was more yeah. of a bonus thing. You had the play action, you know, rollouts and waggles and the kind of the old school tight end coming across on a drag throws. That's was that's what a lot of those tight end throws were. And then you also had the RPOs where you'd have a tight end slip out in the flats. And RPOs and rollouts aren't really designed for Finley. So that's kind of what I think happened there. If you're gonna throw it to the tight ends, you might as well throw like a back shoulder or something because they got good hands. I mean, Schenker, Fromm, and Luke Dill have shown that they got pretty good hands. Why not take shots at them, you know? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm a little worried about Finley standing in the pocket, um, you know, not having that mobility of Bo Nix to get out of mm-hmm. trouble. Um, I hope Finley's ready to just go back up the middle and get what he can get. Yeah. There are there could be opportunities there, but that worries me a little bit. Kind of a standing statue back there. Um, yeah, no, that's not good either. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Um, let's flip it to the other side because I'm not sure what I'm more worried about, <laughs> like Auburn's inability to move the ball potentially, or the matchup of Auburn's defense and Derek Mason against Alabama. Like to me, that that's a nightmare matchup. Mm-hmm. The way Derek Mason plays defense against that Alabama offense, you the only way to stop them is or to slow them is to get pressure on Young. The teams that have got a sack on him or put a little bit of pressure on him, you can make him look um, not average, but you can make him look, um, you know, like an ordinary quarterback to some degree. Uh, but other than that, there's just too many playmakers. We all, we all know what that offense can do. And then you factor in Derek Mason's defense, which has not always brought pressure. And you know, loves to keep the top on, and that that can like on in one hand, great, don't give up big place Alabama. That that's that's fine, um, but they did that against State, and State just completed you know a million passes and eighty percent points. Yeah, so ah, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what he can do, Jeffrey, to 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 hold them. I mean, to me, if, if, if you held Alabama under 40, I'd probably be impressed in this game. I just don't know what you do. To to me, their run game is, I I think they'll, I think they'll have a lot of success running the football. And when Auburn comes up to stop them, Auburn's secondary is so prone to getting beat to that missed assignment. Like Cole was talking about earlier. That's and Alabama is so good. They're going to take advantage of it. Just like Georgia did. So yep. uh, that's why I, did, uh, I just don't see that Auburn can stop them enough and score on them enough to cover the spread. Yep. I just don't. Yeah. And, and and the talent on the line, you know, how, how, how much is Auburn going to be able to throw the football with TJ standing in the pocket? 
when Alabama's rushing and, and getting the pressure you're expecting them to get against Auburn. Auburn's, Auburn's this, I guess, for the past two seasons, really, the offensive line, I wouldn't call it a strength, but they do the best against the run. I mean, they're, they're decent run blockers, right? Yeah. They have been. What have they been? Uh, I don't know, Cole. What have they been better at this year? What's your uh, not pass protection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think pass protection has been all that great. It hadn't been horrible, but it's not great either. And and any pass protection that's not better than average is is uh, a problem for a quarterback. So I do I think, think it was better last year, though. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah we had, I do. It, yeah. Either that or the, the play calling has been different where he's not sitting by not expected to sit back there and go through all of his reads. You know, it's like well, I think, got boom boom. Yeah, I think the offensive line has has definitely improved in, in every area. I'm not saying they've had a massive improvement, but they've had some improvement, especially because you got the basically the same five guys you had You're playing. Right. You know, so and I think they're a little bit red, better in the run game. Some sometimes the backs aren't right. Nobody really gets that you know i i happen to have coached running backs at one time in my life so i kind of understand how they need to hit these zone run games the, you know the zone run stuff and they don't always do it correctly and it makes the offensive line look really bad absolutely but i'm I'm not making they they make their own mistakes too don't get me wrong so it's just a it's just a conglomeration of of missed assignments just you know not being able to do things that that other teams can like Alabama just can't push people around, you know that's that's kind of been the the story this year for Auburn's offense and their line. So that's probably not going to change this week. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's a bad it's it's a bad matchup right now with TJ Finley. It's going to take the crowd. It's going to take similar things that happened two years ago. Um, look, Auburn didn't really have any business winning that game two years ago, but two pick sixes <laughs> will certainly help. Yeah. Uh, and a missed field goal, and it'll take that. It, it'll take a couple of turnovers, great field position, something where you have to go 20 yards to score a touchdown. Um, they're just, it's going to take those kind of breaks. Um, Alabama will have to implode pretty much. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it, yeah. It, it, Bama, Bama plays a, a B game or better, they, they likely win. Completely agree. I'm not sure. Yeah. If it's a B game for Bama and an A plus game for Auburn, maybe. This is but, my uh, question. Maybe. This is one of my big questions, Justin. Uh, even if the game's not out of hand, whether it is or not, do we see some of these young guys, these redshirt freshmen that are – or the guys they're trying to redshirt, I mean, that are sitting there, you know, waiting to play? No Leon, way. Those to mine, Dylan Brooks. Uh, I don't know. I doubt it. I mean, you know, Harson was asked that, and he said the opportunity's there. He kind of he – he left the door open for sure. He's had opportunities the past two weeks. Right, he's had opportunities, and so it's like, I guess the thing is, when would you play him? Like, when would you put Lee Hunter? In? I mean, if you're putting Lee Hunter in, it means you're not putting Tony Fair or Marcus Harris or Marquis Burks or Colby Wooden. Like, all those guys aren't in just to play Lee Hunter. At that point, you're getting your you're getting your ass kicked. Like, I mean, I don't know when, why now would you be like, let's throw Lee Hunter in there in a crucial time to right. play defensive line? Uh, yeah. I, so I don't know what what sense it would be unless I mean, if that game gets out of hand, fine go for it but uh, yeah i mean he's had chances against carolina and mississippi state especially when mississippi state's coming back on you know give your guys a break but I don't, he's had opportunities to throw some guys out there and haven't seen a lot of it so i don't know why he would now yeah that's true but 
you know, you also, you can't risk the red shirt, they're burning their red shirt anymore now. So it seems like it would be a great time to throw them out there. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I come, I, I always think of the iron bowl. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong on this was, was Daniel Thomas that year that he was a freshman in the iron bowl and he had the two interceptions. Was he playing all year long? Was he one of the, I mean, I don't think he was a starter. Was he in the rotation all year long before that? It's a good question. Uh, I don't remember him having the two picks and like his first game ever was a story. Like yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I, I feel was, like he was a uh, he was a he was a sub guy, second yeah. or third teamer. I feel like he he played yeah. in some games that year. I don't I don't feel like yeah. it was like oh my god he, they stuck him in the first game ever and he had two picks against yeah. Alabama. I don't think that was the yeah. storyline. I don't I think, think it was, it was more shock. I don't think it was a shock that he was in the game. It was just a shock that he was making plays like that. That were two thousand eighteen, and and you got to think. No, this was a a, a nobody recruit. Nobody really knew who Daniel Thomas was until like December in the All Star game, if I'm not mistaken. The Alabama Mississippi yeah. All -Star, as, as yeah. a high school recruit, Auburn takes him, and everybody's like, "Oh, good, we just took this, you know, low three star guy." And you know, a year later, he's got two interceptions in the Iron Bowl. Well, let me let me yeah. tell you who did know about him, and that was me because. Oh. We schemed, We had to coach against him in a game. Schemed against him. Mm. He had two pick sixes in the game. We played against him. So I was like, uh, "Who's this guy?" Yeah, <laughs> it's just well kinda, aware of Daniel Daniel Thomas, who's in the sure. NFL still. I think him and Henry Ruggs both played together. Henry Ruggs was awesome too. Dang, Cole, that's not good. Mm. Let's stay away from that that one. Rough situation there. Yeah, hard um, turn. Hard turn. Um, yeah. All right, let's. All right, so so I think we're I think we're kind of all in the same boat this Iron Bowl. Tough, tough, uh, tough game. Alabama's got to make mistakes. Auburn's got to play an A plus game, um, and then and then we'll see what happens late. Uh, crowd is going to be a big part of it. We'll see if they can stay in the game and uh, and help help this team out. We you know recruiting wise, they need a great atmosphere. Let's see if it can be two thousand nine ish, and Auburn can kind of hang around um, and. Uh, See what happens, but but obviously three touchdown underdog for a reason. But I want to this talk might, a lot of if Auburn if, yeah. if Auburn somehow finds a way to win this football, it, it'll be the greatest oh upset in the Iron Bowl history, at least that I can recall. Right? I mean, a three touchdown yeah. underdog. Yeah, with a backup, mean, yeah, backup quarterback. quarterback, no kicker, first year I mean, coach. No You're right. I mean, I I mean, I don't. I'm not a historian past. I kind of know what I've seen in my lifetime. But and you're right. What you said earlier, most of the. the this rivalry generally the favorite wins. Now it's close games and it's great moments, but right. generally this is a favorite. The better team generally wins this football game. Right. Um, so yeah, I would. It'd be up there. I was thinking about that 2001 Alabama upset was pretty big. That Alabama team was like five and five or something when they rolled into Jordan Hare and Cornell got hurt and they just smoked Auburn. 2002, the very next year was a monster upset, but that you know, but that Auburn team was like eight and four. Um, they weren't six and five, you know, but it was a road game. So that was a pretty big one. That was a backup running back, third string running back, Trey Smith. Um, yeah. yeah, that was huge. You know, um, but again, even that, but even that Auburn team, that Auburn, that Auburn defense that year was legit. That that Auburn defense was really, really good. So that team was probably better than this team. Um, so it'd be up there, Jeffrey. You're right. First year coach, it'd be it'd be up there as one of the greatest Iron Bowl upsets um, in the history of the the series for sure. Um, Hey, real quick, before we talk about recruiting, because I think that's huge, 
basketball, like we'll record this, Auburn's one and one in the Bahamas. Uh, great game against UConn, uh, double overtime, come back with a win against Loyola, and then Auburn will play Syracuse on Friday afternoon to try to get that second win. Have you all had a chance to watch um, some of those games the last couple of days and any any thoughts there? I, I was in and out of the uh, Loyola game, but I thought I thought after losing – going back to the UConn game, I thought Auburn had their chance to win it in the regulation. I was going hunting that afternoon. So I stuck around and I watched the end of regulation. I thought, oh, man, if they, if they don't win it now, they're not going to be able to win it in OT. And I come back in and I've realized they've gone to two OTs and lost by, what, five, six, seven? Yeah, five, six points. Yeah, Six points. So – and then I'm going, man, how are you going to be able to turn around less than 24 hours later after a two OT heartbreaking loss like that? And I was like, I don't feel good about the second. And, and Auburn came out and took care of business. I mean, I, it was it was close pretty much. Then I think Auburn jumped out to a seven zero lead. Yeah, um, I think yeah. it was thirty four thirty four after halftime there. Um, and I was watching, you know, is is on in the background uh, at Thanksgiving. I was very impressed with Auburn to turn around after that UConn double overtime loss and and beat a good Loyola team. Yeah, yeah, that's that was kind of my takeaway. What do you think, Cole? Did you watch any of it? Yeah, I watched the Loyola game. I I, I was kind of watching Walker Kessler because he he struggled against the big man at, at oh yeah at, at UConn, and I didn't know you know I don't really know what Loyola had, but I wanted to see how he fared in the in the post on defense this time, and I thought he played a lot better, and and, and just the whole team, Katie Johnson's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, they just got a lot of a lot of pieces. If they can put it together, it's going to be really hard to beat that team, you know. Yeah, they they do have a lot of pieces. I I think the I, I think they learned a lot these first two games. Like from what I wanted to see from this basketball team, you want to see them get wins because it's a good chance to get quality wins. Like Loyola should probably be in the NCAA tournament. Syracuse, who they play Friday, probably they're picked they're picked like middle of the pack ACC. But I mean it's Syracuse, so yeah. could, it could definitely get in the NCAA tournament as well. So you want to get some quality wins. But I, I love what I've seen from the team in terms of uh, toughness, uh, maturity, look like they're growing up a little bit. Um, that's huge to me because I thought that was a big thing this team needed just from seeing them a lot. I thought I thought uh, they, they're, a, they're a great bunch of guys. They get along really well, but they, they kind of need to grow up a little bit like they need it. Pearl was not kidding when he was like, I want to see my team get punched in the mouth. Um, that's absolutely like what his team needed. And I loved how they've responded so far. Really, really, really encouraged um, from what, what they did and what they can be because of that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Jabari's been great. Walker's been really good. Um, that Sonogo guy against UConn, the, he, he dominated against Michigan State too. Man, he had like good. 20 and 10. Good player. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's really good. And the one, the one thing, he, the reason it was a tough is he gets off the floor quick, quicker than Walker. And that made up for the height advantage. He got off the floor quick and negated yeah. whatever height um, Walker had. But Walker had two straight double doubles. Um, yep. He's finding a little bit of rhythm. So you kind of see what this team is about. And with if they get Flanagan back, yeah, they're gonna have a lot of great pieces. Um, so yeah, that, good, good trip for Auburn so far. I think. Yeah, go ahead. I, I said, yeah, that'll be huge getting Flanagan back. Just experience, just to add that to what you got already. Yeah. Um, so I've seen a lot of good, lot of good things. I think if they beat Syracuse, I think Bruce Pearl would be thrilled with how this trip went. Really, I mean, you want you'd love to beat UConn, but I think he'd be very happy if they beat Syracuse. I don't think you'd hear many complaints from him about coming back, um, coming back home after going two and one 
uh, and your only loss is double overtime to, to UConn. Um, all right, let's talk recruiting. Um, you guys have been killing it. Iron Bowl <laughs> running list of recruits on the on the uh, the corner. Um, I mean, it seems like every day you guys are putting up a new player, either a surprise player or somebody that you weren't sure about, and it's a pretty highly rated player. What are we looking at, Jeffrey, in terms of big picture, the, the talent that's coming into this game? You've seen a lot of big weekends. Is this on par with what you'd normally think of for an Iron Bowl or a Georgia or something like that? Like, is it is it what you'd expect it to be? I think it's more than I expected it to be. Uh I, I walked away from that Georgia weekend going, I don't know how the Iron Bowl could top this. I mean, it was guys left and right. But, <clears throat> excuse me, it just seemed like, like you said, every day it was me or Cole, if not both of us, coming in with another four-star guy. Uh, and from both classes, you know, we, we knew Auburn was going to be concentrating a lot on the 2023 guys and just seeing that list of 2023 guys uh, is it, it, impressive. But you go back up to the 2022 guys – trying to fill out this class, you know, we are, what, two and a half weeks from signing day, if I'm not mistaken. So this is going to be – there's two weekends left. I mean, you've got the Iron Bowl weekend, then you've got two weekends in December to bring in guys for visits. Uh, coaches can start going in home next week uh, on Monday. So that will be very important to close out this class. But that's number one right now. Sure, you want to build those relationships with 2023 guys and all those in-state 2023 guys, those guys coming from Florida, those guys coming from Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi and Louisiana. But right now, number one priority is closing out this class. We've got uh, Auburn with, I think Cole and I both agree, 12 commitments. Uh, Trey Donaldson, sure, he's already signed with Alabama, and even we talked about in the couple, last couple of podcasts, Auburn recruiting doesn't even view him as a commitment in their uh, edits that they've been sending out. Uh, they've got yeah. 12 guys they need at least – we're thinking 10 more uh where are they going to come from and, and then you look at the official visitor list uh, a little update now I'll, I'll mention this in the in the war room today um but i've got seven now cole seven official visits and i'll tell you why wow. tell you woody yes yeah not coming that's right mm. jadarian rim unofficial visit and Nigelix Henry, the edge from Dillard. Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. Kelly, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so, so Woody's not coming. Rim's going to be on an unofficial visit. We had had him as an official visit, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Okay. And then Kelly will be coming in December. So now you're looking at Caden Story, the four-star. We got a dude from Dillard coming? Yeah. He's yes. from Dillard? Oh. Just offered him, was it earlier this week or last week? Oh, he's had the offer for a little while. Uh, just picked it back up. It seemed like. When, yeah. Oh, when, when did he? Dillard, man. When did he come? Where did we? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cole, Cole heard about that. That's yeah. right. Um, so he's going to come in December, either either the third or the tenth, which not not a bad thing. Um, obviously, you'd like to get him up there for a game environment because for kids that's never been to a game at Auburn, that's pretty important. Uh, but right now we're looking at official visitors of Caden Story, the four-star defensive lineman from Lynette, committed to Auburn. Uh, Curtis Perry is now going to be a – I wow. mean, it's always been a huge visit, but getting him back on campus. I think he's been here for – this is his second game, Cole, this yeah, season? Yeah, second, second this season. I mean, he's been coming to Auburn since he was in right. ninth grade, too. So. He went to Alabama last weekend for an official visit, so Auburn's getting the last shot with him, at least amongst the in-state schools. And then you know the in-home in visits are going to be big with him. But getting him on campus this weekend is going to be huge. 
Um, Antonio Williams, the four-star wide receiver from South Carolina, is coming over. Uh, Cole mentioned this uh, earlier, but you know it had been Auburn, Ole Miss, and in-state South Carolina. Well, Clemson, he he goes on a visit last weekend to Clemson, and they step in with an offer. Not really sure how that's going to affect his recruitment because Auburn and Bobo have been on this guy and prioritized this guy uh, just like they have with Darius Clemens. Wouldn't you say, Cole? Yeah, I would. I, I think Auburn still has the edge probably in that one. The only thing Ooh. about that is even though Clemson just came in with the offer, it's not – the way that they do things, they've been on him. They They just don't offer immediately. That's not how they work. You know, that's not how Sweeney has always done his recruiting. He'll work on a guy forever and then award them with an offer. It's kind of backwards from how everybody else does it. But he doesn't give uncommittable offers. No, if, he doesn't. If you have an offer, you're a take. Correct. Which is far different. That's old school. Yes. That's not how anybody else that I know of uh, works. No, we saw it, Auburn offer Ness Cooper at the Georgia game on the sideline. And yeah. – yeah. You know, you think he could commit right now? No. 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 Uh, so Antonio Williams is coming. Did you finish Cole? I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that okay. was it. Antonio Williams is coming. Uh, Jadarian Rim is now going to be an unofficial visit. So we've got uh, four star linebacker Demario Tolan, who is an LSU commit. Yep. Keontae Scott, the top Juco cornerback, who's got to be number one on the board right now, coming in for an official wow. visit. And then. I think the one that I'm going to be most keeping an eye on this weekend is Jeffrey Emba, who yeah. is I think 24/7 has him the top overall, if I'm not mistaken. Cole, yeah, number, one. number one overall junior college player in the country coming in Saturday wow. for an unofficial visit. His official visit starts Sunday uh, when his mom is coming in, and then he'll leave either late Monday or early Tuesday. So he's he will be in Auburn Saturday, Sunday, Monday, at least three days. So that that to me that's that's big. Ooh. I don't know as far as Tay Woody goes, if that is rescheduling or a cancellation. Cole, do you have anything on that? I I yeah, there's a possibility he could still be there as an unofficial guy. Okay. Um, but it's not for sure. However, he is gonna make another trip back to Auburn. If it's an official or unofficial, it doesn't – I'm not sure how he's going to do it yet, but he's going to come back to Auburn for another visit, whether it's for this game or just after the season. Sure. Well, I mean, he is 20 minutes up the road. He's 20 minutes up 431 from Auburn. Yeah, right. Uh, and he's been there enough already. But yep. after going to Florida State two weeks ago and saying he was 100% committed, but he's going to visit Auburn now, he's not visiting Auburn when he said he was going to visit. So now you're thinking maybe it's a little bit more interesting uh, – than we had thought. Yeah. Uh, Robert Woodyard's coming back up from Mobile. He is. Alabama four-star linebacker commitment's coming back for – this is his second game he was here for Georgia, coming back for the Alabama game. I believe – I think he's buddies with um, – Shamar James? I don't know if they're riding together, but I know they're close, and they will both be there. Shamar James, four-star linebacker from Mobile. Same area, different school. He will be back as well. What's the deal with him, Shamar James? Where, like, what's where's he leaning these days? Well, well, here's kind of what happened with him. He was committed to Florida. Um, he had picked Florida yeah. or Auburn and Alabama. That was his top three. He chose Florida, and you know, 
Florida's even before they started all the chaos that they're going through right now, he decided to decommit. He goes and takes an official visit to Georgia. Um, they knocked it out of the park, but Auburn has been there and has been recruiting him and has had him extremely high on the board throughout the entire time that Harson's been there just about. So they're going to get him back for a visit. Now they get their shot. This is an unofficial visit, but it's a visit nonetheless. Um, you know, he's been to Auburn about two or three times, maybe maybe two times this in the summer and throughout the year. So they got a chance to try to sway him away. We're thinking probably trending towards Georgia right now. Alabama's still in the picture. So just not sure how that one's going to turn out yet, but Auburn's getting a good shot this weekend. But him and Wood are, your, are buddies? I believe they are. Um, I mean, how much does that play into it? If if Auburn feels like they're in a decent position with Woodyard, is there any how, – how much of an impact is that? It's hard to say. Sometimes that matters. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, everybody's right. different. You know, so, uh, the, the thing with Woodyard, you know, his cousin is Lee Hunter, who's on the team. They're all pretty close, the three of them, Shamar James included. So, maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe the fact that, that Woodyard was there last weekend and, and – met with a bunch of coaches and now he's back this weekend and he's, he got, you know, James is coming along too. So who knows, maybe, they, maybe they'll have a shot to, to get, you know, get his interest high on Auburn. I think it is already. Yeah. I, they just, you know, they're having to battle with some big boys here. You know, who Auburn needs on staff is Deshaun Davis. <laughs> they need to yeah. bring that dude on staff and let him help recruit Mobile. Like literally, be like Trevon, you know, bring him on yes. in some capacity and let him, let him talk Trevon? to these. He's at UCF with ah. uh, Gus and Travis. Yeah, who is? Oh, Deshaun Trey Williams. Trey Williams. Trey okay, shit, yeah. man, I'd add Junior Rosegreen too. Get that South oh, Florida yeah. connection going. I, I'm telling you, yeah, he, yeah. he he's yeah. a high school coach. He brought all those kids up from Dillard or, or South Florida. In the summer, I mean, bus loads, cat. They were going on uh, a tour of all the schools, which is awesome to get those kids up and be able to see all those schools, all the colleges during the summer. But Junior was right there, and you know he is all about some more Eagle, man. He is he's loving it. If you could ever find an analyst spot for him and open up the, back up the South Florida, I mean, when's the last time I ever signed a guy from down there? Man, early Tuberville days, they were killing it. And they were not just guys, man. These were – uh, integral, integral parts of uh, Auburn's success back then. I mean, the, we had—I can't remember how many people. Is that where is that where Dillard High School is located? Where is mm -hmm. that? Located? Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. That okay. yeah. uh, Dillard. Yeah, yeah. Cole, you, Cole, do you remember the Dillard connection? I, those players I, that came from Dillard. I wasn't really, you know, into it at the time, but I've heard all of the players that came from there, and and that was yeah, that little stretch in the early nineties. Yeah. I know every time that we mention that Kelly guy on the boards, people are like, let's start the pipeline back. Let's go. <laughs> James Boston. It is a famous up. one. I think James Boston came up in the summer and he was the one telling me about how, you know, it was him. It was, there was four of them. Right. And I can't remember that. It was, it was Calvin Jackson, Stan, uh, James Bostic. I cannot believe this is embarrassing that I can't name these guys. I know. Well, I remember a few. I just don't remember. You had Brian Robinson. I don't know. If he Brian Robinson? Maybe so. I remember the say, the number 20, and then um, yeah, I don't know who the other one was. Because, yeah, there was a few back there, and I don't remember who else was from Dillard. But you had about four of them. 
but they were all committed to Tennessee or somebody, you know, and they weren't even really thinking about Auburn. And then uh, Pat Dye sends the private jet down there. And I don't know if this was legal or not, but Gus was doing it. <laughs> Picks all these four guys up, flies them up to Auburn, shows them the time of their lives, and every one of them signed with Auburn. And the rest was, you know, history. And those guys were all big parts. Um, Oh, there was a defensive lineman, was there not? Of course, Stanley McClover from, uh, from Dillard, Junior Rosegreen from Dillard. Uh, uh, yeah. So a lot of impactful players coming up. And, and it was almost like automatic. If Auburn wanted to get Pat Sims was from Dillard, huh. I remember yep. Pat Sims. It yep. was almost yep. automatic. If a guy from – if a four-star guy or a big-time guy from Dillard, if Auburn wanted him, he was coming. Hmm. And um, it was uh, – some good players, man. They need to, and I don't know if Dillard's still that way. I don't know if Dillard's still the powerhouse they once were, once was. But yeah, you would like, and, and Elmer's, even with Tupperville, Eddie Grand down in South Florida, he used to kill oh, it yeah. down there, man. He used to yeah. kill it down there. They, the, all about Josh Bynes, Josh yeah. Bynes from Fort Lauderdale. Right. Yeah, they landed a lot of good players. Um, and Pat Sims was, yeah, he was, he was really, really good. Played the NFL for a bunch of years, um, so so if we're looking at this weekend, who are you? You mentioned Jeffrey Emba. Who's who's outside of outside of maybe stars or whatever? Who's the most important player for for Cole and, and Jeffrey? Both of you guys. What's, Cole, I'll let you go first. The most yeah. important now, like we're talking, you know, don't talk about stars. Tell me need. Tell me who 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 just would be unbelievable in terms of a need perspective. Do you want you want one guy or do you want multiple? One or guys? two, whatever you want to do, yeah. Uh yeah, I think you gotta start with Antonio Williams, the receiver from South Carolina. Um just without with Auburn's problems at receiver, this is a guy who can come in and play year one. I mean, I have no doubt he would be in there. He's he's just that kind of player. He is um he's a smart football player, he's a great route runner. He's everything that Auburn's missing right now, you know, that, that they need added to the receiving core. So that's number one for me. The other one, <clears throat> Auburn's kind of struggling in the secondary, right? Well, they're losing Smoke Monday, Roger McCreary. You know uh, Simpson and Pritchett won't be around too much longer. Um, and Are they losing somebody else? Am I missing? Knighton will be moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, so – you got Jadarian Rim coming in, who is an LSU commit. This is a second home visit in a row, home game visit in a row. He was at the last one too, or or maybe he was at the no, yeah, he was at Mississippi State. He was at Mississippi State. He was at Georgia too, right? I think he was. No, he was at Ole Miss. And oh, was it Ole Miss? Went, it was Halloween. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Was, and he was at Georgia, I believe. So yeah, I mean, again, he's from Valdosta. That's not too far off from Auburn. Auburn has done an excellent job working on him. As we've said, they're working on so many different guys they're trying to flip, and he's he's definitely one of the top guys. I think I've evaluated him a, evaluated him a good bit. I think he's one of the best just overall defensive backs in the country. I think he's got a, a really great understanding of, of how to play, and he could be an early contributor. So that's the one. Those are the two guys for me that stand out on this list and they're and well we had rim as an official visitor but he might be unofficial now so either way just huge to get them back 
I'm going to take a different angle. Cole's looking at impact, early impact. I'm going to look at more of a uh, perspective. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't even mentioned this guy. I don't know why I keep forgetting him because I made a, it's a big deal. I wrote a story about it, but damn, the number two running back in the country is coming to Auburn. Yeah. Trey wow. Citizen. He's making this yeah. trip up from Lake Charles. It's an unofficial visit, uh, which is huge. I mean, that's been Auburn's number one. You know, we've been talking about Justin Williams and Andrew Paul and who they're going to get to get uh, – Damari Austin to go along with Damari Austin in this class at running back. And then, you know, here you've got, this is the, he's the reason Justin yep. Williams is coming over again. Auburn can have him at any point, yep. but they're not going to push for him until they, until Trey citizen says no. Yeah. And, and, and they've got him coming back on campus this weekend. Justin and will I, be there as well. Damari will be there. They've gone he, has, he has already had his official visit at Auburn, by the right, way. Right. Back in June, I believe right before he committed, I think he committed in July. It but is. you've got you've got in my opinion and, and Cole, you know Andrew Paul. You mentioned this on uh, on the board on, on the message board the other day. That Andrew Paul probably not going to happen. Yeah, I don't. Think and so. So, something has happened in the past two weeks. Auburn jumped out to an, uh, threw an offer at him a couple of weeks ago. He was hot. He was telling me, "Hey, I'm either going to be at the Iron Bowl or I'm either going to be uh, right after the season, December third or December tenth. I'm coming for a visit." And then all of a sudden, he just he, he, nothing. Yeah, crickets. Yeah. And I don't know if that's from his end, uh, but uh, and I looked in, into him and, and on Auburn's end as well and, and wasn't getting the feedback I was getting two weeks ago when they had offered him. So I'm with Cole on that. I think the, the interest and the, the possibility of Andrew Paul coming over from Texas, from Dallas, Texas, to join this class is slim to yeah. none at this point. But I think now you look at who's coming. Now you've got Trey Citizen coming. You've got Justin Williams coming. Justin Williams has decommitted from West Virginia. And he's been to Auburn. I think this is at least his third game this year um, at Auburn. So he's he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. I think Trey Citizen says no. I think Justin Williams is going to be part of this class. Damn good back. Him and Damari also, two four-star guys from Georgia, would be a, a great class. I, I really don't see Auburn getting the number two running back in Trey Citizen from Louisiana to flip his commitment from LSU. But I'm also not think, saying it's not uh, it's not possible. Yeah. So, wow. and, and another Isaiah Bond. We're talking yeah. about Florida decommitments, man. This dude is a top 100 player, badass athlete. I think Auburn likes him. I think everybody likes him at wide receiver. Um, so, so as far as unofficial visits go, we we tend to concentrate more on the official visitors, and for good reason. But let's don't forget these guys. We mentioned Shamar James, Robert Woodard, Trey Citizen, Isaiah Bond, four of the top recruits in the country coming in for uh, for unofficial visits. Oh, and, and there, there are more, but okay. So I'm going to go back perception wise, Justin. You want to know who was top dog for me? Boy, wouldn't it be nice for Auburn to beat Alabama for Curtis Perry? Oh, yeah. He, he's I, gotten a lot of, yeah. He's a, he's a name that, like, I, I, obviously you guys dive into recruiting more than, than I do. So from the periphery, he, people know who he is in the state of Alabama. So right. I, I agree. He's, He's that guy in the state that's gotten a little bit of notoriety that you could just be a very casual recruiting follower and you probably have heard of Curtis right. Perry. Right. And so so impact impact, I don't know. I don't know how good of a player he is. I know how high he's ranked. I've watched his film. You know, yeah, he's a great player as far as I know. Cole knows more about all the, the ins and outs. But perception wise, you you you, you flip Robert Wood Woodyard on signing day from Alabama. You you beat Alabama for Curtis Perry, the top in-state defensive lineman, 
And I think that's what the staff needs. I think that's what this program needs is some momentum. Even if it's generated for perception, they need some momentum on the recruiting trail. Um, of course, Keontae Scott would be phenomenal if he comes to Auburn and is able to help from day one. Um, yep. Jeffrey Emba, you know, obviously would be. But as far as perception goes, I think – and we all know that Auburn's got to have a playmaking wide receiver. So I, I completely agree with Cole on all his things. But for, for, I'm taking a different angle on perception. And Curtis Perry, flipping Robert Woodyard, uh, I think that would be – and even if Shamar James was able to get in there too, because I've said massive, maybe massive. the last year or two that Auburn's not going to beat Alabama or Georgia for any recruit head to head that they, that the other schools really want. I said yep. that, and that needs to change. I shouldn't be able to say that. I've been doing this yeah. for since two thousand and four, and I can't remember a time where I ever said that and meant it. And, and I'm not saying that it's never happened, but it's very, very rare. If Alabama wants a kid and Auburn wants a kid, he's he's not coming to Auburn. Yeah. Same for Georgia. So that perception needs to change. I shouldn't be able to say that. I, that shouldn't even be a thought in my mind, but it is, and that's got to change. Let me say this, too, on Robert Woodyard. You know, it's sometimes the perception, especially with, with the recent losses to Alabama and recruiting – it's okay. Well, they don't want him anymore. That's what that is. Right. I can assure you, if they didn't want him anymore, he wouldn't be on the commit list. They would drop I, him. I promise. I can. I can guarantee it. I've watched them do it for years now. They'll drop somebody as soon as they decide they like somebody better. That's that's the business approach. That's how they do things. They're not going to let somebody sit on the commit list if they don't want them. <laughs> so they are trying to keep him in the class, and Auburn's trying to get him away, and that's what's going on there. And as we've said for a little while now, we think Auburn's got a really great shot at that. And that, and I'm with you on the perception, too. I didn't really think about it that way, but I think that's what makes this weekend so big is because you have immediate impact guys. You have <clears throat> perception, just like you're saying. You, you can mm-hmm. change the out. You can almost take <clears throat> the record this year and say, okay, yeah, but look at who we're bringing in next year. Yeah, Look at what we did on the recruiting trail. Then you got don't don't forget about this unbelievable list of twenty twenty three guys mm, coming. Mm, mm. Five star Tony Mitchell, uh, very close to being a five star Jaquavius Russoff from <clears throat> Carver Montgomery. T.J. Parker's coming back. Keldrick Falk, a four star from Highland Home. Raylan Wilson's coming back for the second home game in a row after putting Auburn in his top group from Tallahassee, Florida. He's coming in, <clears throat> and that is a four star linebacker. He's a good one. He's a guy that Jeff Schmetting told him you'd play the role of Zacoby McLean. That's what you would do here. Uh, Carmelo English from Central Phoenix City. Hunter Osborne, another four-star defensive lineman from Hewitt Trustful. And the list goes on. This is what I'm looking at on that 2023 list. What does everybody ask us about every single day, Jeffrey? O-line. There's nine four-star offensive linemen coming in. from the 2023 class Mm. nine guys that is massive that i mean there was there were some weeks this year where you didn't have nine players in the 2022 class on campus there's nine offensive linemen so that is unbelievable did they sandbag at all i mean not uh, sandbags i mean it's a it's just sometimes it's a negative term positive term whatever but you know what i mean i mean 
was there any by this staff yeah georgia but was there any thought by this staff to go look let's just have some slow weeks and let's use the iron bowl um you know let's 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 not try to get a kid earlier let's just let's just take if it means we're overwhelmed in the iron bowl so be it but we just think that's a better atmosphere to show kids like was there any of was there any of that i think that wouldn't be uh it wouldn't be hard for me to believe if it was somebody from uh florida or somebody that couldn't make it an easy trip to auburn hey if you're going to make one trip over and you're going to pay for it it's going to come out of your pocket let's make it a good one yeah come over for the iron bowl come over for the georgia game if you can't make the georgia game come over for the iron bowl those are your two options I, I, you know, I would want them to see Auburn at its best game day. Yeah. So if you're going to drive up from Louisiana, Trace, Citizen, drive up for the Iron Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I say on a couple, sense. Of, a couple of these 2023 offensive linemen who are all pretty highly ranked, some of them are unrated, but they will have a pretty good rank when that comes out. You know, you have Braden Joyner who – is from Auburn High School and could very well be a part of the class soon. We think it's between Auburn and Georgia, and he's been to almost every Auburn game this year, so that's a big one. You have Vison Lang from Pike Road, Alabama, who has been to Auburn a few times this year and seems to really like it. You have Ian Jeffrard, who is a massive human being at 6'6", 350-plus pounds, he was at an Auburn game earlier this year. His coach told us he really likes Auburn. You know, uh, there's just a lot of things going for the 2023 class, and the offensive line is looking really good. Four-star offensive lineman Luke Brown from Tennessee told me this week that that Auburn is is very high on his list, made that clear to me, very high on his list, and he was trying to get back as quickly as he could. So, and that's just a few. I mean, there's others. Talked to Madden Sanker. He's a four-star offensive lineman. He said that he was he was absolutely going to be there this weekend, and that it was just it was it was imminent that he was there. And he's a big time big time offensive lineman. So it just keeps going, man. There's it's an unbelievable list. I'm sorry. I'm laughing for those that are watching on uh on YouTube on YouTube. You probably um, realize that we just uh, we just lost Jeffrey. Yeah, and he just, he just texted. He just texted and said, "The kids unplug the internet." <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine uh, the the wrath they're 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 getting from uh, from Jay Lee right now. Uh, that's too funny. We'll see if he gets back on. Um, I was going to ask. This is this is how I was going to end this thing, and I'll ask you, Cole. We'll kind of talk about it and see if Jeffrey pops on. Um, this is a successful weekend for Auburn recruiting. If you know, I, I would love to. I think it would be a good thing maybe to to when the weekend's done. You and Jeffrey could maybe combine on something for uh, for the people, but just to because you guys got to provide the perspective. You know, for for I think people listening, it's a successful weekend. If you know, if nobody commits, does that mean it was a failure? You know, that that's the kind of things you're going to run into. So it's like. What in your mind is there a player that you want to hear positive things from? Is there, is there, you know, a specific line that you want to hear them say? Like, I think Auburn's going to be a winner. Like, whatever it is. I mean, is there something where you come away and go, I would deem this recruiting weekend a success? Yeah, um, 
I, most people will go if there's no commitments, it's not successful, right? But that's right, not, right. That's not true. It's never been true because it's all about relationships. And we've seen so many times that it, at the end, when they sign, that's number one. I mean, how many times has it been that way? So yeah. this weekend is just another chance to do that. You're going into signing day. You know, you got all these 2023 guys, but I think locking down a few of these 2022 guys is is the most successful thing. And we're going to talk to the commits. I mean, they run around in a pack like they're always together. They're recruiting. They don't just do it on Twitter. Let me put it that way. They are they're like coaches out there. They really want guys to join them in the class. And when they're all together, they've got a chance to do they've got a chance to really get guys thinking about it. And you're going to get so many guys this weekend who are going to get, you know, they're not going to go too many other places after this game because it's getting so close. And they are just, they're going to be in their ear. They're going to recruit them all the way. I want to know what the commits say about them. I want to know what these guys say that the commits were telling them because that's a big impact. And I want to know who, who, what coaches are you talking to? What, what did they, what's their message to you? You know, what, what would be, what would get you to Auburn? That kind of thing. So there's so many guys here this weekend that could that could really flip the script for Auburn's recruiting class in 2022. And just hearing positive things from them, the relationships that they're building, I think that is the most successful thing from this weekend. Also, you know, if Auburn looks like they belong in the game, I think that would help too. And the crowd's in it the whole time, the atmosphere. I've never had a recruit say, you know, that atmosphere didn't really – or I'll put it this way. I don't have to ask. It's always, my gosh, that, the atmosphere blew me away. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to get the light show in the fourth quarter because it's going to be dark, I'm sure. They're going to get all that. Yep, yep. So, That'll be, yeah. I hope it's a, uh, just for atmosphere purposes, I hope it's still a competitive game so that that, that when it gets dark, because that is a fun atmosphere and I enjoyed it. Win or lose, yeah. it's just fun to be in fun atmosphere. So I hope that uh, it's still a close game. Um, so they can get that get that rolling, but and you yeah, probably, I mean, it sounds you probably heard that Auburn sells itself, but it really does. That's what I mean by these recruits. I don't have to ask them; they always tell me, "Look, the fans, incredible! Uh, just the atmosphere, incredible. We love we love everything about Auburn. It's just the relationship with coaches is what it comes down to in the end. Even though coaches move around a lot, that's just the way it is. That's the way recruiting is. They want to be comfortable. They want to go and play for somebody that they that they trust that they like. And and that's going to be the number one thing this weekend. Brian Harson and his staff have really got to got to make these guys feel feel welcome, feel trusted. Let them know, hey, you can come play here. You're going to love it. it. It's it's the right fit for you for us. Let's make it happen. And that's what this weekend's all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would uh I would agree with you. Um, I I, I agree with what Jeffrey said. Auburn needs some momentum on the recruiting trail. Uh, there's good things happening behind the scenes. They need public momentum. Um, yeah. I think there's good things happening, um, but but yeah, no commitments really. That that you know, good visits, but they need a little bit of public momentum yes. uh, before this early signing period. Whether that's you know, wh- whoever that might be, you know, they just need they need to, they need to, they need to see if they can get a couple of these guys to pop. Because um, think about if they lose the Iron Bowl. I think about if they lose that game thirty-seven to 
17, you know, and you're like, you know, it's a 20 point loss. It sure would be nice because at that point people are flipping the page. And if you could land a couple of kids in the, you know, in the, in the weeks after that, if you could land a couple of guys before that early signing period or whatever, get the momentum going back that direction, that'd be, that'd be big. You don't want it to linger too long where you don't have any commitments. Um, right. You got to close guys down. You, you, you can't leave them hanging out there. Um, all right. Well, I don't know if Jeffrey's going to make it back. Um, so big weekend, make sure on auburnlive.com all weekend you'll have a running, running tally of kids. The sidelines are going to be bonkers um, for, for Jeffrey and Cole, but they'll have a running tally of guys before the game of people they see. And then of course, after the game, uh, they'll have, you know, updates flowing. Um, and, Sunday and will probably during, be a day full of updates. Before and during, just make sure on the boards that you're on the recruiting live thread because I update that as, as much as I possibly can. Sometimes I get to talking to people on the sideline. I'm trying to – but as soon as I get anything, I hit that. You're, you're going to get the, the, the most fresh updates you can imagine. Whatever the – the interactions are on the sideline that are going on. I'm going to try to keep that updated. Who's there? Yeah. All of them. So make sure you're on that during okay. the game or before the game. Cool. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's end on that, man. Appreciate everybody joining us and listening. AuburnLive.com. Hey, if you're listening, I should have mentioned it. I hope people are still listening. I should have mentioned it in the beginning, but we're having the Black Friday deal, 50% off the website. So half off um, what you would normally pay for a year. So that's going on, I think, just through Cyber Monday, and it's done. So make sure to take advantage of that if you if you found this uh, on, on 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 Apple or Google or Spotify or YouTube, and you aren't a member, uh, take advantage. You're you're uh, you're crazy not to, and we we appreciate everybody that's a part of the board. Um, that's the uh, that's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. Um. <laughs> um all right, let's end on that. AuburnLive.com on three sports. Subscribe for Cole for Jeffrey. We'll see you on the boards on Saturday for the Big Iron Bowl. We'll have coverage afterwards, obviously, and then we'll have recruiting coverage. Um, Sunday will probably be a big day of updates on on, on what we're hearing recruiting-wise. And, uh, and Auburn basketball, you're on on Saturday. We'll see what happens for Auburn basketball on Friday yeah. afternoon. Auburn-Syracuse, 3.30, ESPN2 or ESPNU, I'm not sure which, um, but 3.30 on one of those channels, and we'll see if Auburn can close it out with a win. All right, for Jeffrey Cole, I'm Justin. We'll see you all next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.